The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. everyone you're listening to the paper cuts podcast i'm jenna todd and i'm karen das and i'm louisa cossa <laughs> i'm sorry and we are part of the spin-off review of books on the spin-off which is sponsored by our friends at unity bookstore yay so what's on the agenda today jenna okay so um thanks for tuning in i this is our second podcast and we're going today we're going to talk about Amazon GST, the G- Amazon tax. Sorry, we're feeling a bit scattered this morning, but it's okay. We're getting there. And what's our other news? Uh, we're going to talk about um, some of the things that have come up on the spin-off of review, review of Books page, including a review that I wrote that came up yesterday. How convenient. I know, and it's great timing. And we're also going to chat a bit about the forthcoming Auckland Writers' Festival. Yes. And what we're looking forward to. What to do, what not to do, and... Well, that's kind of why we're here a little bit earlier, right? Because the festival's coming up in two weeks, so Mm. it starts on the 15th of May. And so we needed to get a podcast in so you knew what to do. You didn't make any social faux pas at the festival. And one of the things that you should do is just keep your ears peeled because we might be doing a special um, Auckland Writers Festival episode. Yes, so if we can get our shit together. So <laughs> we can get our shit together. Well, roving reporting. Roving reporting. So the technology on the front line. may get in the way. But so if you want to keep an eye on this, I recommend liking and subscribing us on iTunes. And that means that you, you don't even have to think about it. It will just pop up in your feed and like magic. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of liking and subscribing, we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who listened last week. It was amazing. Yeah, and thank you so much for all the amazing positive feedback that we've had from listeners and punters and publishers and readers and writers. It's just been so positive and encouraging. And, yeah, feel free to get in touch with us. We love to hear from you. So our Twitter handle is papercutspod and our email address is papercutspod at gmail.com. So, you know. Say what you will. We yeah, don't want to hear it. But we, we debuted at top five in New Zealand chart, so that's because of you. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And please keep listening. Yeah, hopefully and, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we did get, um, I think we got one email, and that was from Jeffrey, and he gave us a great book recommendation, which was Sean Bithell's Diary of a Bookseller, yep. which is a fantastic book. Um, it's really funny. It's really sweet. 
It's the story of a bookseller, right? It's a memoir. It's the memoir of a bookseller and all the sort of characters that come into his shop. It's very sort of... uh, Black Books meets Notting Hill. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Extremely relatable, warm, funny, grumpy. Easy read. It's kind yeah, of a bit black silly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I lo- I loved it. But and keep keep your eye out for Sean Blithel in New Zealand in August. That's all I'll say about that. Ooh. And um, yeah, thank you, Jeffrey, for that recommendation. Jeffrey in Christchurch was it Christchurch? Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Um, so top top of the news. This week's been quite a a big week for booksellers in New Zealand. What you're giving me a look, Lou? Well, I thought we were going to do the quiz. Ah, uh, let's do. Should we do news first? Let's and do then news quiz? first. I'm just really excited about the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, let's do. That. So, yeah, you're right. There is some exciting news. Please tell us about it, Jenna. Okay, so um, on Tuesday, the first of May, Stuart Nash was at Unity Books in Wellington. He's the Minister of Small Business and Revenue. Is that what you call it? Yep. Re- yep. And and he announced that. Um, from October 2019, they will be called what the media is kind of dubbing as the Amazon tax. Um, so, 15% will be added on to your your imported offshore goods from October 2019. Is this good news for readers? It's great news for readers in that they can it can encourage them to support their local, their, support your independent bookshop. Yeah, and make um, it a little. If you don't have a local, I recommend getting one because yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, and what your bookstores can offer for you. I think it um, it helps to have a bit of transparency about uh, book pricing mm. as well in New mm. Zealand because I know from working in a bookstore mm. in the past, you get people coming and they go, "Geez, these books are expensive. Why are they so expensive? Why are books so expensive in New Zealand? In New Zealand, they're much cheaper in the UK. Now, why is that, guys? Well, and it's because the pub. Sorry, Jenna, you go. Oh well, in the UK, you don't pay tax on yep. books. Was that what you were going to say? I was going to say that, but also that it's not the bookseller that sets the price, it's actually the publisher, so yeah. that's something that booksellers have to work within. Yes, exactly. So we books, booksellers work in pretty small margins, um, and and so it can be really tricky. So you're running mm-hmm. these beautiful shops on the, on the, what do you smell of an oily rag, And um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's all for the customer, but... I think um, what's really cool about this, so Australia is implementing this tax um, for their small goods imports um, in July this year, and so it was just natural for New Zealand to follow mm. it. For the, I've only been in book selling for eight years, it felt like the government wasn't doing anything, mm. um, and I think Labour just came through and could what Stuart Nash, Nash said in the press conference was that actually the work was going on behind the scenes That's that right. we weren't seeing yeah. and then that Labour could push it on through but they were sort of going to hold it back until 2020 and I was involved in a meeting with him with booksellers and the booksellers board in December last year and we really really um, tried to say how important it was for us and and then what do you know? May mm. May it's announced. So that's really encouraging for local booksellers. It doesn't make it super. It's not going to make everything fine for booksellers in New Zealand. But it just means that everybody's paying tax, and that's a good thing because tax helps you in life. It's fair. Yeah, it's fair. I remember actually when I worked um, at Unity Books in Wellington, we did a little test where we ordered a book from Amazon and ordered a book from one of our um, American suppliers just to see if um, the price and time range was different. And the book that we ordered ourselves came in cheaper and quicker 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Really interesting. Well, I'm, so in a way, you know, even if you are um, importing books from overseas for your customers, you can still do it more efficiently. Yeah. So usually with a bookshop, you are generally getting your books in a bit faster. The booksellers can track and trace them really easily. So mm. most, if a book's in stock without a distributor, it should take about seven working days. And it's not in the ether. You know, I know of people who've bought stuff online and it's just never arrived and mm. you can't speak to a human mm. to figure it out. You can yell at a bookseller. And <laughs> Everyone's favourite activity. Yeah. <laughs> and then also... Um, you can talk to your local bookseller, you know, you can build that relationship. So mm. I think that's really important for for punters to be able to kind of build that relationship and be able to get recommendations and totally build that relationship up. Um, and that's just really something that you just can't do one via thing, Amazon. One thing that Tilly did, um, Tilly's the one of the part owners of the Unity Wellington store, she held up a book that Stuart Nash, the minister, had just bought, and that was 60 New Zealand dollars. Mm. And then that was listed on Amazon for 40 US dollars, That's I think. right, yeah. And I'm finding American books are actually going up in price, so it's usually for a new release, it's about 26 US dollars for a hardback. Yeah, that's right. And so generally the price difference isn't that bad. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I recommend, as we all do, shop local. And this tax will make you feel really good about yourself, regardless. <laughs> That's what taxes are for. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what's next? Um, so friends? next, I think the we're going to... Oh, well, we could do the quiz at the end and, like, save the fun thing till the okay. end. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, keep it going, you know. <laughs> let's, do, let's do the boring stuff first. Should, <laughs> should, we, should we tease what the quiz is? And yeah. So you can think about it. What is the quiz? It's uh, what female literary character are you? Ooh, very generic. And so, <laughs> and so if you didn't listen to our third, first podcast, we did which Babysitter's Club member are you? And then now a slightly controversial choice. And maybe maybe the, this one's a slightly controversial choice. Who, who knows? So well, it is about women, yeah. so that's controversial. Women. Um, so um, next week we're going to um, maybe like talk about some stuff that was happening on our in our home, which is the spin-off review of books page oh, yeah. on the spinoff.co.nz. So I hope that's the right web address. Louisa, your review just came out last night, right? It sure so did. So what did you review? So I reviewed a book called The House of Impossible Beauties by mm-hmm. Joseph Cassara. So that is a book that's – I'm just going to go straight into it, really. Cool. Okay? Go yeah, straight into it. All right. So the book uh, takes as its inspiration the incredibly famous documentary from 1989 by uh, – I think her name's Jenny Livingston – uh, Paris is Burning, um, which is just kind of like, kind of like the Rosetta Stone of like, that's not the right analogy, of like, you know, kind of drag culture. Um, it's heavily referenced now, you know, on RuPaul's Drag Race. If they ever say anything funny, it usually comes from Paris is Burning. Mm. And um, so it means a lot to a lot of people. And so I thought it was really interesting that Joseph Cassara, who is a debut novelist, he's just come out of the Iowa Writers Workshop, mm. which is, you know, a very prestigious writer's factory that pumps out writers all the time (laughs) that was shady of me I'm sorry um which is very RuPaul of you yes yes throwing that shade (laughs) and um so yeah this novel um you know there's a disclaimer at the front that says you know although these uh events are based on historical facts and people you know this is a fictional account and I listened to an interview with Joseph Cassara and um you know the interviewer asked did you speak to any of the people who survive Mm -hmm. from this time and he said no 
<laughs> but I did a lot of research. Mm. So I was like, ooh, alarm bells ringing ah. a little bit. Because, um, you know, it's sensitive to fictionalise someone's life, especially right. when it wasn't very long ago. And it's mm. not actually hard to interview people or get a hold of people. Well, I think actually it was hard to get a hold of people. Because Were a lot of them... I think they maybe weren't keen or dead. maybe... Yeah, a lot of them are dead. Um, How did the interviewer respond to that answer? They just that? moved swiftly along because it was a interview with with the publisher. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this book, it's um, I was very excited to read it because I love the documentary. Um, it's it's very sparky. It's very kind of sprawling. It's very sort of passionately written. Um, there's a lot of darkness. It was a really dark time because that was when AIDS was right. becoming a real epidemic. And also, you know, it was a dark time for these people anyway because a lot of them, you know, they were young, they were queer. Some of them had had to leave home because mm. they weren't accepted. And a lot of them were living on the streets and hustling for a living. So there's a lot of darkness, but I think there's also a lot of... It, I think the novel does capture that sort of joyfulness that is such a beautiful contrast in the documentary. Mm. But I also think the novel is a little raw, a little bit debut-y, and I also think... It's pretty hard to live up to source material that is that good. Mm. So it was a bold choice. So how was it in terms of, you know, did it feel authentic to you in terms of setting an aesthetic or a scene or vividly mm. evoking a time and place? I think it, it did. Um, there were some great details, like I talked about in my review, you know, like um, – you know, this woman puts on a foulard, which I didn't know was like a little silky scarf that you wear, um, you know, and, um, you know, with her sort of houndstooth suit, you know, which is like a, you know, a, a skirt and jacket mm. sort of suit, you know, to go to Bloomingdale's and sort of look at the Chanel suits and be like, oh, one day, you know, and um, so that was great. But I think, I think the setting, I, it's hard for me to say because, you know, I am a, you know, a straight Pakeha cis woman. And so how can I really speak to the authenticness and the genuineness, but it's really hard to live up to that source material, I think. And so I don't think it quite does, but I still think it's a great book. And I think if you were to give this to, you know, say a queer teenager who may have never seen Paris is Burning, that would be a great way for them to mm. find out more about that culture and find out more about that history. So perhaps a RuPaul fan as well, because definitely you know, a RuPaul fan might get a bit of insight into the backgrounds and yeah because you're right like RuPaul is very like gloss like RuPaul's Drag Race rather mm. it's very glossy it's very fun um, and they do get into the serious things now and again but it's entertainment largely mm. and this book is entertainment but it also does give you a bit of that historical grounding but I just think it's funny to write a historical novel about the 80s mm. like yeah. it seems so kind of recent yeah and, you know yeah and it just kind of changes it's, it's much more loaded like if you like you know Hilary Mantel wrote Wolf Hall that was a historical yes. novel that's taking someone's life and making it a novel and that doesn't seem wrong but when it's someone who died you know only 20 years ago you're like oh Feels a bit weird. I don't know. Mm. What do you guys think? I kind of think that I'm more attracted to that actually. Mm. Yeah, and maybe that's me being really curious to sort of see how they would handle something like that. Something that's that, how you know, I felt. That we have a, going into a kind it. of memory or a kind of recent knowledge of something. Um, yeah, that that appeals to me a lot more. Mm. It definitely appeals, but it's a lot to live up to. It is a lot to live up to. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of pressure. It's a big ask. Yeah. Well, if you want to know more about the book, Louisa is an amazing reviewer. I haven't read it yet, but <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll read it today. And um, you can look you at that on the spin-off books 
page. That's right. Yes. And um, there's a lot of other great stuff on the page too, including a lot of stuff about the forthcoming Ockham Awards. Mm-hmm. They've got the full list of award winners going back to whatever the 19th century, whenever the book awards started. Well, it's 50 years, Louisa. <laughs> that is what we're celebrating this year. Oh, it's yeah. 50 years That's- of... That's going for gold. That's the lead, isn't it? That is the lead. So um, I think it's had many sponsors, and a lot lot of this is before my time in books, but Watties, Montana, New Zealand Post. Those are all I can think of. That's all I can think of, but now it's Ockham Residential. Um, And so I thought we could just mention some of our favourite New Zealand books from the list, if you feel like it, guys. No um, pressure. They're both looking at me because I couldn't get my shit together. <laughs> no pressure, Karen. What I mean is I couldn't narrow it down because I love so many. Oh, that's, well, that's I true. mean, I think, so from this list, um, one book that stood out to me was Morris G's Plum. Mm. So that was a book that I picked up in like a secondhand bookstore when I was in my teens. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but it's a dollar. <laughs> and um, it was such an incredible book. It's, have, you read, have you read Plum? No, I haven't read Plum. I've read Plum. Yeah, what do yeah. you reckon? I, hate it, hate I, it? I love him so I love Morris G. Yeah, yeah I really, really do. Um, and that was one of the later ones I read of his. But mm. it's not one of my favorites, but yeah. It's an incredible sort of historical family epic. That's the first book in a sort of series. And uh, it's very sort of humanist. It's about a... a man who becomes a, I think, a Unitarian preacher, but honestly, I read it so long ago that I'd probably better not go into it any further. <laughs> um, but like, but what I meant, what I, this is all just to say, it's not my 100% favourite New Zealand book, but that's just one that stood out to me and went ding in my brain. Yeah, the one that stood out to me on this this list that's on the books the spin-off books page is Portuki by Patricia mm. Grace. I oh, think we've yeah. all read that book, right? We've all read that book. Actually, and I haven't read that book. I've oh. only read Mutu Whenua by Patricia Grace. And I only oh. read that recently and I was like kicking myself for not yeah. reading it before because she's so amazing. She's so amazing. Did we talk about Portuki together? No. Oh, we talked about it off. Oh, off, yeah, off, offline, off stage. Yeah, off we stage. Talked about it off stage. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I I love giving Portuki as um, a book to somebody who's like, can I have a book about New Zealand? I've yeah. just arrived. What is it about? Because I think it really shows um, the uh, Tangata Whenua and Pakiha how that comes together in jars in a big way. And I thought it was a very beautiful read I highly recommend that mm. and that was in an orange popular penguin which is only $14 I'm not sure if but it's that, still in print that went out of print Did I'm it? absolutely sure that Potuki uh, went out of print in the popular penguin series and it's so disappointing because like you Jenna if people ever come in and say what's a really great New Zealand novel I always give them Potuki and um, I know a lot of people ask about Whale Rider but I just sort of think you probably already know that mm. you've probably seen the film um I always, yeah, that's my go-to, Patricia um, Grace. The other one I'd recommend if for someone who wants to know more about New Zealand is the non-fiction book of essays by our friend Steve Brawnius, Civilization. I think that's a really great insight into contemporary New Zealand that's very funny and says a lot without saying much at all. Mm. But, well, that's, his, mm. that's his skill, I think. But He's very empathetic towards the people in his, in his work, I think. Oh, no, I mean... Uh, I guess that, that's kind of sometimes, a weird thing to say. Sometimes it yeah. can be quite scathing, but I think um, with the people who are maybe the least sort of 
people who aren't very powerful normally, yeah. maybe they sort of get a voice in his yeah. in in his um in that book. I think. I, I feel like too that he will find a different angle on something yeah. that you might not have considered and really run with it and explore it to its full potential. Um, and it that's quite compelling. Yeah, I just think you kind of like you know you you have an everyday person and they sort of become heroic. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think then you have someone who's powerful, and then they become just completely cut down to size. <laughs> was that um, civilization? Was one? You know how they have the reading on RNZ mm. on nine to noon, and I think civilization was actually one of the most successful um, translations to readings that they've ever done. It was one that just really worked. We sold lots of books from the, mm. the reading. Mm. So well, it's sort of bite-sized, sort of. Um, portraits, if I remember correctly, right, of different places. Yeah, 20 small yeah. towns in mm. New Zealand. So there's this great one in Mosgiel where they he goes on the night watch and nothing happens. It's just <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but We're hoping to get Steve on the podcast one of these days. We will. Steve, if you're listening. He's not. Yeah, I don't think he listens to podcasts. But it's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the big... Big news is what's coming up is the Auckland Writers Festival. Um, As I said in the beginning, it starts on the 15th of May. That kicks off with the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards, which we we broke down the shortlist of the fiction last podcast. Mm -hmm. But that weekend, there is this crazy, amazing time of incredible international authors, and you just Mm -hmm. soak it all in. So we're planning to just be down there for the weekend. Uh, Also... Shout out to Tessa from the Writers' Festival who managed to get you a ticket to Durga. Uh, actually, massive shout out to our friends at Hachette who oh. have kindly got in touch. They listened to the podcast Yay. and offered two free tickets. Did they? Yes. Really? Yeah. So we can go. So we can go. Cool. <laughs> it's just it's so um, exciting. And it was just so great, you know, that um, this – Great local publisher based in the city. Listen to our podcast. They heard our prayers. Yeah, they heard us and they listened to us and they said, well, we can actually help because we have two spare tickets. And we bought one. So now (laughs) we've got three. Exactly. Because we. (laughs) And I, um, and since we last spoke, I've since read um, that first essay of Durga's that you loved so much. And it is so good. She's so wonderful. eh? I just want to read it again. It's just the the language. She, She, you know, you'll be reading it and then you'll go oh I didn't expect that word but I'm excited by it the, the way that she uses language I think yeah. is so unique we're talking about too much and not the mood by Durga Chuzabos Durga Chubos Chubos oh, yeah sorry yeah um so that's one of the highlights at the festival I guess and that sold out but uh, recently I think they've sold out again a few extra tickets um I think they up. should move it to the ASB room the bigger room yeah maybe that's what they did maybe that's, that's they what could they get. did yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Um, but there are many other authors coming, and we were just going to talk about a few of our highlights. KD, what's your, what are you looking forward to? Well, other than Durga, another author that I'm really looking forward to is Eileen Miles. Um, do you guys know Eileen Miles? I do. Yes, I actually yeah, yeah. saw her when she came That's to the university right, a couple of years yes. ago. Yeah. Um, she was amazing. Yeah. So Eileen Miles has written a dog memoir called Afterglow. And um, it's it's really interesting because it's um, – I mean, I should talk about who Miles is yeah. first. Um, they're a countercultural icon, and they were around and active in New York in the 1970s, kind of the same crowd as Patti Smith and Sam Shepard, you know, these really our great... Our faves. Yep, our faves. 
And um, when I travelled to the States in 2016, I kind of noticed that there was this book that kept appearing in all the amazing bookshops that I visited across New York, San Francisco and Los Angeles. And booksellers were really proudly displaying it. And it was Chelsea Girls, which is um, a kind of mutant novel that Eileen Miles wrote, and it was reissued. But um, Afterglow explores family and intimacy and spirituality, politics, alcoholism and recovery, so coming through alcoholism. And it's about Miles's relationship with their dog, which was a pit bull called Rosie, which they chose from a litter on the streets of New York City. And it's kind of about the bond between pet and owner, but it goes way, way, way beyond that. It's really transgressive. And it's just about kind of how having this constant companion changed their perspective um, of living in the world and their environment and how they sort of responded to it in quite a radical way. Um, and I'm not a dog person at all. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking <laughs> Sorry, about dogs that. at time out. <laughs> um, I'm a cat mama. So, oh, you know. But so, yeah. yeah, anyway, but it doesn't matter because this book is really beautiful and insightful and kind of feral and witty and sharp. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's really free range. And uh, they write with such clarity and kind of vision. So mm. I think it'll be a really kick-ass section to go to. Really recommend it. Yep, I'll be going to that one. I am super excited. Same. That's on Saturday at 1 o'clock, um, Saturday the 19th of May. I'm really excited about that too. I mm. haven't read any of their books, but um, heard the interview with Kim Hill on RNZ. I listened to was, that after. Yeah, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, and it was really great interview it, it was, was cool. great yeah yeah so if you guys head to afterglow on that uh what is that date on the saturday um you can see us there you can see us come and say hi i mean you won't know what we look like <laughs> <laughs> hey you could try and choose us from our great cartoons that the caricatures yeah, yeah. Which is from our logo <laughs> um i'm really excited about this uh ponty by charlene teo she, but you've just read, haven't I've you? I've just read it. It's mm. actually my book club book. So we mm. did it. I very conveniently try and angle the book club books for like making my life easier in I, terms uh, of I, reading. I'd noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not against it. Well, at all. you're both in the same book. We're in the same group, book club. It's called Sexy Time Book Club. Yeah. Shout out to Borat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started it about six years ago or seven years ago and we just used to read the orange popular penguins because we were all quite poor and <laughs> didn't have much money and people were studying and all worked part-time and yeah and the first book we read was Aeneas Nin's Delta of Venus oh classic hence sexy time yeah, book club yeah, yeah. and the next book. one was um Lady Chatterley's Lover yeah that's actually not a very sexy book. <laughs> Did you ever read Madame opinion. Bovary? <laughs> yeah. I think we almost, almost read all of the books. We, the orange books and yeah. the orange popular yeah. penguins. So, but now we all have real jobs. You're growing up. And so we can get um, trade paperbacks for $35. Which So Ponty by Charlene Teo is it's quite a remarkable book. I'm just looking at Ian McEwan's quote on the cover, and it has an amazing cover, which is a great shout-out as well. But it's set in Singapore, which I've never read a book mm. set in Singapore before. Oh, I um, have. Crazy Rich Asians. That's the name oh. of the book. I'm not being racist. You've read that, haven't you, Gina? I haven't read that, but oh. that's about to be a TV show or a movie. Uh, a movie. Ah. Yeah. Okay, side note. Lots of people like that. My, mm -hmm. my One of my besties loves that. It was a fun read. There is some controversy about it. Um, there's actually a great article that I read about um, 
uh, racism in um, Singapore that I might link to, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. So is the whole of Crazy Rich Asians set in Singapore? I mean, look, I read it like a year ago. What do you want from me? I don't remember. <laughs> um, I think it's actually quite international. It's sort of, it's about rich mm-hmm. people and okay. they're sort of jet-setting around. And I think it's um, maybe loosely based off Pride and Prejudice or like has some kind of affiliation with Jane Austen. It's a really cool book. I don't think I'll read the book, but I'll watch the movie on a plane. Right on. Okay, so, um, but the pon- Ponty is set in 2003 and the main character is 16, so her name's Sue, and she lives in the shadow of her mother who was um, a famous cult horror movie star she was in these three movies called Ponty 1, 2 and 3 that sounds um, so tangible I'm like, so excited already <laughs> and, uh, I love cult horror films Yeah. so that that's a big part of it and it's one of those great stories that I love about female relationships, complex female relationships where a new girl starts at her school called Cersei and it's like that weird like Cersei. relationship yeah. can you just read a book called that too it is spelled differently, uh, I assume. No, oh, yeah. it's spelled the same. Jesus. Yeah. So I just read Circe by Madeline Miller. I reviewed that on RNZ yesterday. Oh, I'm going to talk about that later because I have a pop culture reference for that. But And then I pick up this book and it has a character called Circe and it's set in Singapore. And then the new book I've just picked up was the first chapters in Singapore. It's like this amazing domino effect. Anyway, that is a sideline. <laughs> I'll tell you what this book is about. Oh, um, there's too so, much to talk about. I know, books are so cool. Um, so what you've got is this core relationship between the three women, but then you have the 2003 section, then you go to 2020 from Cersei's point of view, and she works for the social media PR company, and they're about to reboot Ponty. So she's got these memories of these, this time that she spent with this family when she was young and then we also go back to the late 60s 70s for, from her mum's point of view so it's just all um, intertwined I think she ties it up pretty nicely and has these beautiful like little connections that come through and that are really um, the dots are all connected between the different um, women's story and it was a great read so I can't wait to hear about more about the book more in um at the festival, and she's going to be with Rosabel Tan um, speaking about that. So awesome. Great, fresh, youthful mm. um, vibe. You get that really sweety, smoggy, is it smog, humidity feeling of mm. Singapore. Close. And, yeah, it just feels really cool. And I, I've never been to Singapore, just the airport, which, side note, is my favourite airport. Oh, my God, it's Everyone the best. Everyone says that. Yeah, it's so amazing. Oh, I stayed in a, like, overnight hotel when I went there, like, you know, in the airport. Cactus Garden, that's what I'll tell you. Go to the Cactus Garden. But um, Next time. I, I'm imagining like Singapore has a bit of a Hong Kong vibe where you have like the old and the new coming together in terms of tradition and then Western influences. So that's well, that's what I was captured to me from this book. And the, the 2003 characters, they just like have Backstreet Boys posters on their walls, but they're like really getting into shoegaze and there's these great music influences as well. So very good read. And she is on um, one of the days at the festival. I don't have it in front of me mm-hmm. right now. And Lou, what's your your choice? Well, You're probably the big the big name that was the yeah. dropped as the big name at the festival. Yeah. So this is kind of a um, so Carl. Oh God, Carl of Nalskaj. Mm-hmm. Let's just go with that. I'm sorry, Carl of, if I'm butchering your name. <laughs> um, 
which I'm sure I am. Uh, so Carl of Nasgard wrote a, is it a trilogy, I think, of books? Oh, I feel like he's written about 20 of them. Yeah, you're right. Um, so <laughs> uh, I think it started as a trilogy yeah. called, and the trilogy was called, in, in Swedish? Oh, God. Norwegian? Oh, my God. Um, he's Scandinavian. Can you, like, look in the back? Okay, I'll look that up while you keep talking. Um, anywho. The name of this trilogy is My Struggle, mm. which is pretty crazy because mm. that is the name of another rather infamous book by That's one right. A. Hitler. So um, so that sort of put me off reading this thing. I was like, oh, he's trying to like make a splash and be all controversial and it's kind of gross. And so I didn't read those books um, until very recently. In fact, I'm only partway through the first book. Wow. But I'm loving wow. it. It's, so, it's, quite it's so good. It's it's it, it is quite dense, mm. but it's incredibly readable. And mm. I just found myself so he he's sort of a maximalist in the way that he speaks about his experience. He um he leaves nothing out, include and mm. especially he leaves nothing out that makes him look bad. So he really sort of spills his heart out and. I just found myself sort of nodding, nodding along and being like, yeah, yeah, I have felt that and I've never seen that spelled out before and I think that's, that's so the mark of, a, of what we want or what I want. That kind of resonance. In a book, that resonance, exactly. Mm. And, he's, um, from, he's from Norway. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, Carlo. If, <laughs> if, if we meet, will you be angry? Um, <laughs> and there were like two episodes in the book thus far that really resonated with me. One of them was he talks about what it's like to have children and how terrible it is mm. and how it absolutely just ruins your life and you can't do anything ever again and he does and <laughs> such honesty such honesty and it's quite funny yeah. and I didn't expect that I found I, I found it quite darkly humorous and then there's another thing about his sort of teenage band and they play covers of things like smoke on the water <laughs> just very sort of they play it straight really straight and they don't have a lead singer and they um they get their first gig and it's in this like shitty suburban mall and they start playing and then the manager immediately comes over and yells at them and makes them leave <laughs> I just expect to be laughing I don't know if I was meant to laugh but I was laughing and he really conveys that sort of feeling that you have when you're a teenager and you want your life to be this glamorous thing and you want to be sitting off for the stars and instead you're just like the reality getting kicked out of a shitty suburban mall yeah. for playing black sabbath with no lyrics so he's on the um he's on the saturday night hey yeah yeah cool. i actually i'm Headliner. trying to get a ticket i hope I'm, I'm having some trouble with ticket masters so. we'll see uh, we'll see i think it should be fine yeah i think um, you'll be fine yeah otherwise would we'll, um carl and i will just grab grab coffee yeah, yeah. talk about norway <laughs> have a hooey yeah <laughs> Um, oh, what I what I forgot that when we were talking about the Ockham Book Awards before, um, I f part of the fiftieth anniversary is that they want you to wear gold. Mm -mm. That'd be pretty sparkly. Yeah, so glamorous. So glamorous. It's going to be a glamorous ceremony that only costs about twelve dollars fifty to attend. Yeah, everyone will be there too. It'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be. Yeah, fun. I've got an amazing gold eyeliner. Liquid. Oh, Ooh. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. And lots of gold cult leader jewellery. Great. So that'll be my little token what contribution. Well, part of my thing of saying yes to some stuff is that I'm, I always think of the outfit that I'd wear mm. at the event. Oh, God, yes. That's <laughs> what it's all Key. about. And um, so I bought this thing 
my favorite vintage store on, is in the world is in, on the Gold Coast. It's called Retro Sheila and calling that it. Sheila, such a good name. And it's run by this man called Gregory, and it's named after his mum. And my nana lives on the Gold Coast, but he posted something on Instagram, and I was like, oh my fucking God. So I sent nana down with her tape measure and she <laughs> sent it over. And um, so I've had this for ages. Anyway, it is gold. So when I got the message saying you had to wear gold, I was like, I've got this. Perfect. And I bought it for this award ceremony. So my psychic uh, tendencies can come out, I guess. Well, I don't own any gold clothes. I'm more of a greys and browns sort of gal. <laughs> just the neutrals. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just like paint my entire face gold or something. Gold just face. Do a really gold finger. finger. <laughs> I'll have a gold finger. <laughs> So silly. <laughs> no, I mean, paint we, your whole body gold. We're silly. Um, we're also looking forward to whatever music they play. <laughs> oh, are, I we? Heard, I, are we really? <laughs> no, I am. I am advocating for this. There's going to be live music, and my friend Paula Morris told me who it was, and I can't remember, but I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> I just saw like that a there, was a, there was like a note on the agenda saying music, and I was like, oh, we're going to talk about the fact that they'll, they'll like play like Dave Dobbin as people are walking up to the stage. <laughs> But in previous ceremonies, it's it's kind of always been a little bit awkward because a little jarring, yeah. Yeah. so awkward. You're trying to award all these people, and they're coming up and down from the stage, and you're trying to make a party for everybody, but as fast as possible mm. so it doesn't drag on. So I think it's trying to make it a bit more peppy, but yeah. more snappy, but more snappy, but yeah. good snappy, not bad snappy. Yeah, ideally. Can't wait. Um, yeah. So is that kind of? Oh, we wanted to do some tips, eh? Uh, so tips. Auckland Festival tips. Or actually just any Writers Festival tips. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm, um, mm. Well, one Universal. thing that would stand universally is, um, you know, when, you, when it comes to the Q&A time at the end of the uh, author's talk, um, what, what should you may- maybe not do, guys? It's not an open platform for a, in a monologue that you want to <laughs> externalise to tell your life story. Yeah, or some book you've written. Yeah, no just, statements. Yeah. Just make sure questions. you have an just actual question. You know, ask like, a question. When someone gets up to the mic and they're like, "Oh, it's more of a statement, really." Run, yeah. get and, out of there. Unless you'll be there for an hour. Take the mic off. Them. If you're planning to ask a question, really think about everything the author has said, and do not ask a question about something that they've already spoken about. Mm. Try and make the question about the author or the book, and not about you. Yeah, and your and your sort of ego or whatever kind of particular axe you have to grind. I kind of love the audience groan when someone's <laughs> collective <laughs> groan, eh? How can you be so unaware of the collective oh, groan? Oh, God. It's like they almost need to um, have them ask the questions, like, for, like yeah. tell someone, and they say yes or no. Um, there's lots of free sessions at the festival, and from past experience, you do kind of have to – get in there a little bit early and line yes, up a bit very early. early. Yes. So I recommend just, I mean, it's a book festival. You're obviously going to have a book on you. Just like get in there in the line about 20 minutes early. And what do you think? Half an hour, 20 minutes, and then just read your book. Yeah, absolutely. Half an hour to be safe. Half, yeah. If you really want to get in, because there's a lot of anxious. It's like when you're in the French bakery on Dominion Road and the people behind <laughs> you are like, you're going to take my large sourdough, you know? Yeah, They're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. take my last seat. It's a good little yeah. local reference there, Jenna. And they quite often in smaller rooms too, so, you know, limited capacity for some of the smaller events but often yeah. that those smaller free events are they're often just the so best. amazing yeah and yeah. um Durga will be speaking yep. at some of those events so yeah. you know they 
the international people speak at these events and they're free. Mm. Yeah, totally. And that's often where you get to maybe say something to the author afterwards without waiting in the signing line. Like, do you yeah. remember we talked to Adam Johnson who wrote the Author Master's oh, Son yeah. afterwards? And it was just, it's a lot more of a casual a informal. and informal um, vibe that's really cool. And it's often in a panel format. So you might um, come across an author that you weren't really going there expressly to see, but that you enjoy hearing and you mm -hmm. might find something new. That it's you... such a valuable part of the festival, I think, being exposed to Absolutely. you know something outside of your usual reading range. And yeah. the fact that you can go to the festival, yeah. go to heaps of events mm -hmm. and not pay a cent, mm -hmm. that is just so incredible. Yeah, and lucky. I hope that lots of people sort of know about that because that's a great resource. Yeah, I'm excited about the Connell Street um, event yeah. with the, the – putting authors around I don't really I don't really know what's happening but I'm just going to mm. walk around and see mm. and be surprised which I hope think that they'll be wanting us to do and oh Louisa we have a proposal for you <gasps> Karen and I I do do you want to do the quiz the the Friday night oh, New Zealand lit quiz yes I do yeah. Okay, let's do that. Cool. So, so explain for the Um So Tereda is hosting this quiz. I think it starts at 8.45 on the Friday, and it's just a, a lit quiz. Apparently there's lots of uh, prizes, and I don't really, you know, I'm going to be terrible. I'm terrible at quizzes. It'll, but it'll be, be fun. fun. Yeah. I'm going to kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Sorry, that's getting real up in here. I don't know how big the teams have to be, but if you really, you know, if you like maybe wanted to join a team, only if you have, you can offer some great book knowledge to our team. Yeah, yeah hit us email. up. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. We might say no, <laughs> but we might not. Um, um, no, that's a great idea. I'm keen. And I think we probably should get winding up soon because I forgot to set a timer. I'm oh, sorry. Classic. Did you? No. Oh. And the, does the clock and, work? No, so, no. Sorry, sorry, everybody. We have no idea how long we've been here. It might yes, be years. <laughs> um, um, but I wanted to point out some, like there's such, around at the Aotea Centre, there's really great like grimy Korean restaurants. Mm. That's my choice for um, food around the oh festival. My God, yes. And that's when me and you first hung out, Karen, was yes, last that's right. year last at the year. festival. We went to that funny Korean place that looks like a train oh, car. Oh, Gangnam yeah. Station. Classic. <laughs> and it was delicious. And I really love Bongane. Bongane is yeah, your fave. that's yeah. my fave. So total recommend. And then what's... That's the, on Merrill Drive. Yes. Yeah, and, very uh, close to the place. For a good coffee top up, always Al Brown, the deli. The Fed. The Fed. Yeah. And they're open really late and you can just get a grubby chicken sandwich. Or, like, you can mm, sit at the bar by yourself and feel yeah. okay. It's kind yeah, of, it feels really bar. local and friendly. Um, I would also shout out Metsu Bar. It's a classic. I love oh, yeah. Metsu Bar. It's a great sort of Mediterranean. Did you oh, it's too yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is turning we into a romantic yeah, how we met scenario. I know. Beautiful um, ambience there. It's great. It's nice a real bolt hole from the city. Yeah. Um, I sort of regret mentioning it now because it's already <laughs> yeah. so packed all the time. <laughs> I love that place. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely just like check those places out. And there's also just some, I mean, Honestly, Auckland downtown is packed with amazing places. Yeah, and you're never alone at the festival. I think if you just go down there and you have your books with you, and if you're like, "Oh, I've got two hours to kill," you just go read a book somewhere yeah. and sit in the hopefully the sun. Absolutely, <laughs> I love that you stuff. point that out, Jenna, because you know I think a lot of people might think, "Oh, it seems exclusive. I don't, I'd like to go to some of these sessions, but I don't know anyone going." You can just rock up on your own, and you're like Jenna said, you're never alone. You're in a community of book lovers, and it's comfortable. You can lots of books, lots of know, books, so. and these are lots of bookshop stands. Um, Unity and the Women's Bookstore combine their forces, 
and they sell all of the books mm. there and, and you can like, because I find a lot of people will go to a session not planning to buy the book and then they come out. And they're they're like, so inspired by the talk. Totally. They rush over and they ambush the, um, the booksellers. It's, it's really great. <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds stressful. stressful. But so, do you think, does anyone have this, anything else to say? No, nah, maybe nah. we should move on to our kind of like other recommended stuff. Yeah, just a quick, just quick, a quick um, recap. Yeah, I've been um, listening to this great new podcast. I don't know if anyone listens to um, Reply All, which is like a media. I have listened podcast. to it in the past, but I've been fickle with it. And so their organization is called Gimlet Media, and they've got a new podcast called Habitat, which is about the. Um, there's a group of people doing this Mars simulation experience where they're in Hawaii and they're living as if you'd live in Mars. Kind of like the book The Terranauts by T.C. Doyle? Boyle? Boyle. Boyle. T.C. Boyle. Um, so it's just really cool. So the, the, um, this is a science reporter uh, telling the story, but what she does is she gets the people inside the bubble to send her um, their stories and what's going on. And that's just, just put together really well. I'm about three episodes in, and she does a great job of – um, talking about real science missions with what they're doing and how that crosses over. It's just cool. Half-hour right. episodes, not long like this one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't know how long this one yeah. is. It could be short. It could be. could be. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Karen? Oh, so I've been watching a TV series by Errol Morris, and it's called Wormwood. And Errol Morris, for those of you who don't know, he is probably one of the best documentary filmmakers that has ever worked. He's just got such a sense of craft and care for anything that he what tackles. What would be a famous thing um, that he's pro- done? Probably Fog of War um, and Thin Red Line. Um, mm-hmm. But this one is kind of a dramatisation of um, a guy who was murdered um, possibly by the CIA, um, and there's heaps of evidence around it, and it's absolutely fascinating. There's lots of archival footage and interviews um, interweaved with kind of um, dramatisation, but really well put together, and Errol Morris is in there interviewing family members as well. And some of it's pretty gnarly and quite confronting, um, but so dramatic and amazing, and I think we got up to episode three and I sort of thought oh man that hallway looks really familiar and then I kind of realized this is this whole incident happened at the Pennsylvania Hotel which is in Manhattan well that's confusing and <laughs> I know yes it's, it's, it's near Penn Station and okay. um, I actually stayed in this hotel and it's so creepy <laughs> and um this incident happened on the 13th floor and we actually stayed on the 13th floor where this guy um, was basically pushed out of a window and died. Whoa, that sounds awesome. Not that he felt like I know. pushed out of a window, but the show sounds awesome. But honestly, I yeah, can tell I'm you that, um, that 13th floor, it really felt like some Bad dark shit had happened there and we actually read up all about the Pennsylvania Hotel um, after staying there and it's got this amazing history. I mean, I'd love to read a book about this yeah. hotel. Um, it used to be called the Statler and Waldorf and Statler, you know, the two grumpy old dudes off the Muppets. Oh, They're named after that. Um, the People's ah. Court used to be filmed there. Um, Why do we always talk about the Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> the Muppets are 
awesome. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. But you know, this um I remember I was kind of terrified staying in there because I have to post photos of it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, really loving this show and um recommend anything by Errol Morris. Cool. Oh fab. And Thank Louisa, you, Karen. Um so my thing that I've been watching is uh called Killing Eve, in which um Eve Palastri, played by Sandra O. Oh. Um, she's from Grey's Anatomy. She was the best thing about that rather terrible show. Friend was raving to me about this show the she other night. She is incredible. Mm. And so she is an MI5 officer, and she um, starts to track a – I'm reading from the Wikipedia page uh, – talented sociopathic <laughs> assassin villanelle um, played by Jodie Comer. And the, these women become really obsessed with each other, and um, they're sort of chasing and playing cat and mouse. And what I really love about this is that it's the perfect combination of – um, intrigue and actually some pretty gnarly like murder scenes like stabbings blood everywhere but also like style beautiful clothes um, and I love the character of the assassin she's um, played so well by Jodie Comer she's this sort of uh, mysterious sort of pan-European woman and she is um, sort of obsessed with appearances and there's this great moment when she's about to kill someone in a really gruesome way but and she's in his bedroom and she notices this beautiful silk quilt on the bed and she says oh that's really beautiful you know where did you get it and he, he says oh it's by such and such she works only with silk and she's like hmm and then you she kills him and then you see her later in her apartment and she is unwrapping a quilt from this person <laughs> so she didn't steal his but she bought no, one no she bought, bought one and she loves buying beautiful things and then there's this other moment that I really loved she, you know she's looking she's sort of primping she's getting ready for a job she's looking in the mirror she's very beautiful and you're sort of looking at her and you're thinking oh you know she's very beautiful and then she looks at herself in the mirror and she whispers so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so I just loved it it's it, it, it's um you know there's a bit of humor in there which um obviously I love or at least I think that things are funny when they're really not um so should we move along to the to the quiz oh yeah <laughs> Good memory. Yeah, gosh. Um, well, I've just been like waiting for it this entire time. So we did a quiz called Which Female Literary Character Are You? I'm dying to know what you guys got. Um, shall I just go first because I've yeah. got it up on my phone and then I'll pass it to you so you can yeah. get yours. Um, so I got Franny Glass. <gasps> Same! Oh! oh my god! Did you guys rig it? No. I was just um, completely honest and poured my heart and soul into this quiz. <laughs> Um, so Franny Glass is uh, one of the two titular characters from uh, J.D. Salinger's yeah. very famous novel, Franny and Zooey. J.D. Salinger, who of course wrote Catcher in the Rye, um, the seminal text for teenage boys, along with Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Um, <laughs> hey, I loved that book as a teenager. Too. Oh, me too, because I thought I was. But On the Road, can, honestly, On no. the Road sucks. Who cares about that? Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Rubbish. We're in agreement. Um, so the description says... You are someone who is constantly questioning everything as you try to learn everything about the world. You are drawn to people who are intelligent, but also fragile and complicated, and then so on and so on. So <laughs> that's really funny that me and Jenna got the same one. Well, I'm kind of not surprised. I, I, I like cool it. One to How get. do you feel about it, Jenna? Have you read Franny and Zoe? Yes, I yeah, I have. So um, I. Yeah, I think um, I was beautiful when I started working at Time Out. This, um, the manager had this beautiful um thing that she would do is give you on your birthday her favorite books if you hadn't read them and would write a beautiful message Aww. in it and so she gave me Franny and Zooey which is her her top book of all time so um it's quite weird because 
with this quiz, like with the Babysitter's Club, you know what else you could be. But I have no idea what else the other options are. No, I would love to know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Karen, um, let me just bring it up on screen so so you can recall. I feel a little bit jealous. Again, like last time when we did the quiz, I was a bit jealous that, you know, you guys got really cool Babysitter's Club um, members. But I got Matilda from Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Matilda and Mallory Pike from the Babysitter's Club are kind of... Kind of similar, right? Kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, Aww. I get that. And I guess the common link there would Karen, be... I don't have it anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, that's okay. I close the tab. The common thing, I guess, is, you know, a love of kind of reading... Yes. Kind of quiet, kind of... Um, like know. retreating from the world into books, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, um, but then also Matilda has telekinesis. So, and That's I right. that you are blessed <laughs> yeah. with telekinesis. I have special powers <laughs> um, <laughs> that I will demonstrate. But yeah, um, I love Roald Dahl, so... I'd be I can take to that. Be I think a lot of people would be very envious of being mm. Matilda, and she's actually a much more mentally, I would argue, a much more mentally healthy character than Franny Glass, who doesn't... <laughs> have the most enjoyable experience in the book I would say she's a very romantic character but she's not very happy but yeah. you know thinking of Matilda and Franny I just kind of think what else was there what were the other options I bet there was um Elizabeth from Pride and Prejudice oh probably yeah, yeah. Carrie from Sex and the City <laughs> that was a book originally <laughs> yeah so that's our quiz for this week yeah, so I think we're about ready to get into our wrap-up time, eh? Yeah, so just if you're still out there, again, thank you so much for all of your wonderful support. And um, the way that you can continue that support in an easy way is by liking and subscribing. Um, we've got some likes and subscribes, and we've got all five-star ratings. Three of those may be from us? the three of us. <laughs> But hey, can... I didn't. I didn't rate us, didn't you? Oh, come on, Louisa. Louisa, you need to do I it right. I only just now. downloaded iTunes. Okay. I'm, I'm like a hundred year old ghost. Like I don't know anything do about you technology. Have the podcast app? Um, I, look, I have an Android phone. Don't discriminate against me. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, you can subscribe to us. And yes, and I will. Yeah. I will be rating us. Great. Um, we got yeah. So we got some great reviews. We got a couple of of slightly negative ones, but I just want to shout out one because it had a really great phrase. <laughs> and it said that. Should I say it? Yes, yeah. say it. He said that you could hear the toxic femininity dripping through the cracks. Ah, and um, such I an just image. love that. Um, and, you know, I listened to the podcast, full disclosure, and I couldn't hear anything dripping through our cracks. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm not going to shout out his name because that'll give him the attention that he craves. But yeah. I, I'm taking that as a compliment. We're Absolutely. doing the right thing. Absolutely. And, yeah, we're on the right track if we're getting that kind of thing. So anyway, yeah. that like shout and subscribe. Out, that shout out was on. On Twitter, which is at papercutspod, Pod, and our right. email address is papercutspod at gmail.com. Oh, and I just have one more thing to say. If you want to listen to another really awesome pod, listen to the real pod on the spin-off. Yeah. And that's really what our inspiration is for this yes, podcast. We're I mean, straight up copying them. I've been listening to that <laughs> podcast. I think they'd done 150 episodes, they were saying, on their last one, and I was like, I've actually listened to all of those. Because you got on board when it was called the Fantasy Suite. Anything Bachelor-related, I am on it, and yeah. that's where it's all And I've all been started. listening for like a year, I think, and I, so I really love funny. it. So when they were talking about um, Susie Cato's mouth-kissing her kids on the last <laughs> one, I just thought that was <laughs> so, so funny. funny. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a great recommendation. And... Um, 
so speaking of such things, shall we like do our thanks and like Academy Awards speech? You yes. know, um, thank you so much to Alice for recording and being such a great presence in the room. Yeah, we see some nodding sometimes, so we know. Yeah, yeah. Right, she's right. an integral part of the podcast. Yeah, and I wanted to say thank you to the designer at the spinoff. Is it Tina? Tina, who did the amazing pod, uh, podcast art um, with the caricatures, the caricatures of us. As far as I know, she's never seen us in person, so that How was did pretty she magical. Do that? She yeah. nailed got my it. blouse like completely. Oh, she got the so shade cute. of navy blue that I always wear. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Yeah. And um, thanks to thanks to Duncan Greve and oh, the spin-off. And the spin-off. Thanks and for having us spin-off. Spin-off review of books. Yeah. Yep. And Steve Bronius, the editor. Yeah. Unity Books, the sponsor. Yeah. And thank you to everybody for if you're still there. Okay. If you're still there, we love you. Yeah. That's, thanks. Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>